Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. Have you guys been coughing? I have, and not because of COVID, because of these wildfires. The air is horrible <laughs> right, right now. I mean, it really, it really is. is. It's like a, there's like a zombie apocalypse or something happening outside. The skies are yeah, terrifying. But- but it it provides a little bit of shade from the sun, so I like it for that. For that, <laughs> you can't uh, breathe. That's been nice. But there's no sun. You're but right. Hey, I don't have the sun in my face. But yes, <laughs> other than that, it's been very problematic. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's very bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's resulted in a few deaths and many missing people all throughout the West Coast, primarily in California and Oregon. And the largest one here in California um, is sort of now found itself at the intersection of climate change and the gender conversation because it was started by a gender reveal party that had like an intense amount of pyrotechnics that went wrong. And it's, yeah. it started the, the largest, I think, California wildfire in like the past 30 years here in California. Oh. Oh, I thought I thought it was like a smaller fire that they, that they put out, but everyone it's it's the, no, it got it's the bigger. Big one? I think I think it's the big oh one that started God. it all. I mean, I could be wrong on that, but regardless, it started a it was a part of this massive fire. <clears throat> what and went wrong exactly? I I mean, I don't know what went wrong, but like it was it, there was <laughs> pyrotechnics involved, yeah. and it got out of hand because of the wind in Pasadena area, and and the you know it doesn't take much of a spark to go wrong for it to carry to the brush to then yeah. cause a fire. So like it literally, the pyrotechnic doesn't even have to go wrong. It literally also, th- be- isn't this not the first time a gender reveal party has led well, to a fire. Yes. There's been fires. There's been plane crashes. <laughs> there's <laughs> been, <laughs> yeah, there's been lots of acronyms, but the twist uh, in the story, which what I find so fascinating about this story is there's a huge twist because the person who's credited with inventing, quote unquote, inventing the gender reveal party, mm. which, which basically is just like people doing crazy things in either blue or pink sort of yeah. uh, uh, motif, I guess, she? to How then say she? what gender child that they're having or that they're assigning at birth. And the person who invented this back in 2008, Jenna, I can't pronounce her last name. Carvanitas. Thank you. Um, She has done a 180 and has called for people to like stop doing not only ones that involve fire. She's a hero. She's a hero. (laughs) That involve fire, but also ones that just like stop doing gender reveal parties in general. She said, stop having these stupid parties. For the love of God, stop burning things down to tell everyone your kid about your kid's penis. No one cares about you, which I, I love the quote. But it goes even deeper because she started this in 2008, like I said, and it was a, it was a stupid cake that had a pink side and a blue side. And, it, you know, it went viral and then it became this big thing and people started doing the gender reveal things. But it became a political statement for people who were fighting back against this whole idea that gender is a social construct. And so they wanted to say that, you know, we can have these parties and whatever, like go against sort of what society's saying. Mm-hmm. And, and she, the child that she had the gender reveal cake for that went viral is mm. now gender non-conforming. Oh, wow. Mm. Which is just like... The best 180, and she, she, she went on to say later in an interview 
the who cares what gender your baby is. I cared at the time because we didn't live in 2019. That's when the interview took place. We didn't live in 2019 and and didn't know what we know now. And that the whole assigning focus on gender at birth leaves out so much of their potential and talents that have nothing to do with what's between their yeah, lives. You know, even if even if you're not a hyper liberal or whatever, you don't live in a city or you're not even aware <laughs> of that that the that you're not, you're not aware of of gender uh, nonconformity and you're not aware of any of that stuff, is it really necessary to have a party? Like the need yeah. to have a party to, and also this idea of um push push presence mm-hmm. people women women getting presents for being pregnant or something i'm just Wait, like that makes sense <laughs> it's, it's hard i mean they I can't, know, they can't drink for nine I, months i think there's I, a separation between <laughs> a, a gender reveal party where the entire focus is on what's between the child's leg and what society calls that gender they gender that genitalia and and but it's okay to have a party for having a baby. That's fine. Have a party, get gifts, because a baby, babies are fucking expensive, and they're annoying pieces of loud shit that have things coming out of them left and right, and it costs a lot of money to keep up with that. So yeah, have a party, get the gifts, but just don't focus on what's between their legs because society is telling you what gender that is. Maybe let the kid decide for themselves. Well, I don't even think. I don't even. Th- I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. I, I mean, I was gonna say like, like. I, I, you know, I, I get it. Um, I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone if they wanted to have a, uh, a party so long as it doesn't lead to a, for, a, a fire, huge fire. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I, I personally wouldn't have one. I, I don't really get it. But like, like, I guess the argument is like, we shouldn't. So what, what ex- I'm trying to understand exactly what, what a super liberal would argue right now. It's that we shouldn't be, there's no point in having a party because we don't know ultimately what the child uh, uh, how yeah. the child will identify, and therefore, we can say well, I'm having a boy or a girl, but we shouldn't be celebrating it yet. Well, right? I know it's, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ellie. I was going to say I don't think I don't think it's like even a hyper liberal thing. I think it's more like I think the more reasonable person is like, let's not make a big de- this such a big deal out of gender and a gender reveal. It's not even necessarily like waiting and letting the kid your kid choose their gender. It's more like. Why do we have to make such an issue out of it to to go so far to throw a party and then to go so far as to throw a party that then causes, you know, destruction? We've seen Mm -hmm. this trope happen enough that it's like the question then really just becomes like, is this really necessary? Like, even if you don't believe in like, even if you didn't think one way or the other about gender nonconformity or your kid choosing their gender, at the end of the day, I think a lot of the, the sort of response has been like, is this really necessary? Yeah. Well, and, but there is, but there, but there is a very, very liberal sort of far left argument. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's far left even though, because to me, I mean, maybe I'm far left, but it just seems like a very rational thing. But the idea, the very fundamental idea of how we look at gender and saying that like <clears throat> we are assigned certain, certain genitalia is assigned gender, which then have so, societal norms that are attached to those gender constructions and that we shouldn't necessarily be assigning kids those genders at birth based on what's between their legs because it's like the kids will evolve into whatever they want to evolve into or however they identify in their future you know it's like saying oh that kid's gonna that kid's gonna make a woman happy someday like it's the whole idea of like just let the kid evolve you don't have to go crazy over what gender society has told you you think this kid should be or not be i've always been so i've always been um appreciative of the fact that um like growing up in my household, there was never much of a focus on 
gender in the way that I think there was around me. And mm-hmm. I feel like it wasn't a, a conscious choice by my parents, but ultimately like my, my sister was born and looked like a little boy. I mean, she was so, so cute, but people always thought she was a boy and it never really bothered my parents. And they mm-hmm. also didn't, by, I think whether by design or not, they never went out of their way to make her pretty and pink and princess and diva and like all this feminized gender stuff. They kind of, it wasn't as if they were saying she's not a girl. They didn't, they didn't do that. They just kind of, they sort of like let it, let her go with the flow of it and yeah. let her herself. And I think, I always just think that that was a really cool move by them without it being hyper political. They were just like, yeah, we're not, we don't need to like, yeah, don't go crazy about it. Calling her a princess, you know, and, yeah. and not making that the end all be all princesses. And, you know, what, you know, the, the traditional ideas of the, the damsel in distress and the prince, you know, that I think about it like with, with my mom in a similar vein with my mom growing up and, you know, she always recognized that I was like, not going to be like other boys. And she would always say like, and I have a joke about this, but it's true where she would always say like, when you kids grow up and have kids, and then she would look to me as a caveat and go, or adopt. And <laughs> it's, and it was just always this understanding of like, that there needs to be options because yeah. not kids aren't just one straight, narrow path. There's lots of different areas they could go down. I remember, you know, I have a, my uh, niece, Anna, she was three years old and I felt very strongly about like not getting her things that are pink dolls. Mm-hmm. And so I remember for Christmas when she was three, maybe, maybe when she was four, I bought her a toy gun. Um, <laughs> and I remember she opened it up and she didn't know what it was. And I, I explained to her, I said, this is what, this is what grownups use when it's real. They, this is what grownups use to kill other grownups and they defend themselves and they defend maybe their house. And she didn't, you know, it was hard because like at first she didn't like it. And, but I, I felt strongly that like she was playing with her dolls and I said, no, I don't want you to play with your dolls. And I, I even had to, I took her dolls and I, I put them in the attic. Um, and then I, I took that gun and I taped it to her hand because I felt I really felt it's important that she knows it's it's okay. It's okay for a girl to play with guns. That's Aww. okay. And Uncle I put candle. I put candle on her face. It was look. We had a great time. And you lost her in the woods. Haven't seen her since. <laughs> <laughs> Not even joking. Long Island's own Pat Regan is with us today. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God! Sorry, I was starting off with Long was, Island. Good. I was waiting because we had to hit on that, but we're with we have to hit Pat on Regan, that. and Pat is also from Long Island. Can mm-hmm. I say unfortunately? You can say unfortunately. Yeah, that you can certainly say unfortunately. Did you? I mean, we've talked about this with other uh, Long Island natives on the podcast. Like, Who, like Matt? Matt Rogers? Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Uh-huh. Did you experience the same intense? Uh, misogyny slash homophobia, toxic masculinity that he and I both have described. Absolutely, and that's why to this day I have a problematic attraction to lacrosse players. Yes. Or someone who seems like they would be comfortable in a lacrosse space. <laughs> and I'm a- like... <laughs> Wait, what is Long Island big on lacrosse or something? I did not know that. Yeah, huge. my high school is, I also why? went to like a huge Catholic high school, which is very like... Mm. That's not, very no, British, though. That's very British. Is no, that? not on Long, not on Long Island. Oh, yeah, it's everyone's very, fucking like, bro, Roey, Roman, Catholic, Italian. You know, it's very Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and are you Italian? Yeah, Pat was also the uh, the student. Fun fact of our friend Michael Cyril Crichton's mother. 
Oh, oh my god! Hmm. I did not know that. Has he been on the pod? I love Michael. Not yet. No, but we're dying. We yeah. love him. We love. Him. Yes. I, have, I have a running bit where because I because his mother was like an, an English teacher, but I was I like remained friends with her after high school as mm. I think gay, bo- gay boys are wants to do. Sure. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I have a running, and then I didn't meet Michael till maybe a couple years ago in the city, and now we're good friends, but. Mm. Um, I have a running bit where I always say that I'm taking my uh, friend's son out to lunch. Whenever <laughs> like, yeah. What is it? What is it about? I mean, I don't know if you guys had this, but I, yes, I, 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 absolutely I now know that it. Pat and I had it where like you, we maintain these relationships with teachers from our high school. I mean, I still have probably like a, a back and forth Facebook exchange with my German teacher. From oh, high wow. school, Frau Stevens, like mm. or Paula, Paula Stevens, and she yeah. would always make this joke because she was like, "I'm Paula and my husband's Paul," and it's, uh, <laughs> it's a good. That's good. That's a a material yeah. there. Yeah. I love when a teacher to... has like a canned joke. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I was gonna say, is it too simple to say that it's because they're like the the first sort of like strong women, maybe outside of the family that were connect that were connected mm-hmm. to in some sense. Absolutely. And I also think it depends, like for me with Michael Sarah Creighton's mother, it was the sort of thing where I was like, um, she was an English teacher. So already that's a, a, extremely queer. And she was like a single mom and she had been, a, and she was like, she just like had the energy of a gay icon. And she was always talking about her son who had like a one man show in New York. Yeah. And I, was like, I was like, I get, I get what you're saying. I was like, wink, wink, it's a one man show in New York. And I feel like, I, I was like, I we all have a one man show in New York. <laughs> I feel like those teachers are sort of like, our own personal stalker channings you know what i mean like the women in our lives that we can't quite have stalker channing as a best friend so like we can have frau stevens as our best friend exactly you know a funny tell is that brent and i both have the the same this is such an odd coincidence but in first grade both of us and brent was in michigan i was in new york obviously this was long before we met each other but both of us discovered in our friendships that separately we were both obsessed with an with a teacher in first grade because of her shoes. Oh and, my God. And the, the both teachers had almost identical names. Mine was Mrs. Beeler and yours and mine was Mrs. Buser. Buser. How strange is that? <laughs> that is very strange. Very and into we, her heels because of the sound. Totally. Like, oh like my the God. sound and like the look and she had heels. <laughs> I remember one set like looked like she had sprinkles on them, but they were plastic. <laughs> and I was like, I, I think I touched her shoes. <laughs> to a teacher oh who is like an older woman is cool, but then it's also so cool when it's like a younger woman just mm-hmm. out of like mm-hmm. teaching school and she's like walking down the hall and heels like stomping, stomping <laughs> for the gods down the halls. Although I literally almost lost my shit one year in third grade when I went to, I think it was Big Lots, when I went to Big Lots with my dad and I saw my third grade teacher, Mrs. Pearson, working as a checkout oh, woman. That's oh, that's devastating. Wow. And I was like, huh. what is this world? <laughs> like yeah. I, it blew me away. The, the a uh, bummer. It was a bummer, but, you know, economy. I went to a small, my elementary school was like a very small K through eight, like 20 kids in a class. Was it also Catholic? Catholic? It was wow. also Catholic, yeah. Um, wow. So that's why I am this way. And um, my, but in, they also like were very like low funded. Like they never had like anything. And my, in seventh grade, you know, in eighth grade, my science teacher had like, I had to leave for some reason. He was like, it was like, he was like famous in school for being a male teacher, which was like very kind of um, mm. progressive for the school. Sure. Mm. And he was replaced with this woman whose name I cannot remember, but she worked at Blockbuster was her primary job. Oh, part no. of science as kind of a side gig. And she would do these, 
competitions where you would have to like n- like answer science questions and whoever like won the competition could tell her a movie they wanted she, in her next shift she would pick it up at Blockbuster and she would write <laughs> oh it wow. and that's how I saw Fast and Furious ultimately uh, <laughs> The first, the first male teacher is like such a moment. At least totally. it was for me. I had Mr. Parson in fifth grade, and I remember having yeah, such a Mr. bond Wilder. with Mr. Parson. And he would let me read any book I wanted. Like literally, he was like, "Yo, you want to read that book about rape? Go ahead. Yeah, do it, fifth grader." <laughs> yeah, right. And it was like me reading Maya Angelou's rape in grade. And, <laughs> yeah. and, is, that and, the, and is that the title? Year, yeah. <laughs> well, she found out why the kid reads on. And then years later, I'm, I'm home and like I'm I'm at the gas station and I see this truck with a rainbow flag. And in my little community, a truck in Kirkwood, Missouri, was like with a rainbow flag on it was not a thing. And it was Mr. Parsons' truck. Oh, I remember that story. It was Mr. Yeah. Parsons Oh my god, to have I a gay teacher. Died. I died and everything made sense. What was it mm-hmm. like to go to a Catholic school? Like were there was there a I mean, was there a bond or a sort of secretive bond with other gay kids, other gay men, boys? Yeah, no. I would say no. I would say it was more contentious. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's out for themselves. We're all trying to stay closeted. Like, and it's sort of like I remember because like there was some because then my high school was very big, so there was like 500 kids in my class and you know who the other gays are it's like okay obviously you sir are gay and then you kind of like don't want to be associated with them because you're like you don't want that to get on you know what i mean it's like a board yeah. and that's like I mean, that's the optics are horrible of that and then it's also like i remember seeing like there would be one who like would sit at a table with all girls at lunch and i'd be like you're blowing it for all of us like yes. it's a bad luck like <laughs> um so it was like kind of that and then it was also just like internalized homophobia i was like I don't like it's that. So person rampant. Is gay. Yeah. Was there a way to uh, hook up with guys? No, I didn't hook up with the guy till I was actually twenty-five years young because I didn't oh. come out till I was twenty-five. I didn't, oh wow! I would have been too nervous to hook up with. Um, I would have been too nervous to hook up with a man before I came out. I don't know why. When did everyone else come out? Oh, I was born out. Uh, Elliot, came out at, <laughs> Elliot came out around four or five. No, I, was, um, <laughs> I came out at 19. Cool. But I also came out also at 19. Yeah. Wait, do you mind me asking, Pat, because that's, of course, this is a, a loving and supportive room, but I think in the scheme of how gay men like to portray themselves, I would say that 25 is a little later. Absolutely. Like, were you starting to feel, and I, because I also lost my virginity late as well, uh, at 19, um, but I felt like compared That's to a late? lot of my, fr- well, no, I mean, but like, <laughs> like compared to a lot of friends, straight and gay, I felt like that was a, certainly a little later. Yeah. Um, I lost my virginity to a woman when I was 19. Oh, wow. Oh. How'd that go? <laughs> I, so actually I have a funny story about it is that it was this, so it, I was very, very drunk and, um, it was at my friend's on, on the floor of like a friend's house party kind of thing. Mm. And um, we're having sex and I was just so drunk and I truly, I truly, truly wasn't going to come and I could tell, but it really wasn't about being gay. It was really about being drunk. And I was yeah. like, Oh, she's going to think I'm not coming cause I'm gay, but I'm actually not coming because I'm drunk. And so I was like, I better just pretend I came. So I like mm. suddenly acted. I, yeah, so I acted. This is my first act. This is, I lost my virginity in sex and also <laughs> acting in this moment. Um, and so I just like stopped and she was like, oh, did you finish? And I was like, yeah. And then she was like, there was just like a pause. And then for some reason I panicked and I thought that she would 
know or something. So then I was like, just kidding. And then, and then we like started having sex again. And she was like, oh, like, good one. You know what I mean? It was like a weird, like, um, <laughs> just to say just kidding is like, oh my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> just kidding. But Keep going. <clears throat> I knew it was gay from truly such an early age, but at the same time also didn't like engage with it very much. Like, I remember well, what I did you do from, you know, from, from yeah. What television show videos. were you watching? I was watching like, Bob, like Bobby the Vampire Slayer saved my life so many times over. Of course. Um, I loved like, I mean, I loved like Dawson's Creek. I've always like when there's teens, I like that. And so, um, as a teen, as a teen though, as a teen, I was more also, like, Oh, sorry. God. No, no, no. I was more of a modern Marvels uh, gay team. I, that was my um, go-to. Well, it was so interesting that, like, I truly would have gone. I'm also one of six kids, and uh, three of them are brothers. And wow! So, like, so you're Italian. You're like hardcore Italian Catholic, uh, aren't you? Irish, 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 Irish. Oh, Irish. Oh, right. oh, sorry, Patrick. But actually, thank you for I mean, thinking I'm Italian. Well, that's what that's that's usually considered exotic on Long Island. If you're Italian and Irish, people are like. You are perfect. You're fucking perfect. <laughs> really? too for, I'm too Irish for the Italian kids, too Italian for the Irish kids. <laughs> Sounds like a musical. <laughs> um, but, um, oh, but like we would play like video games. And that was the one thing I was like, I'll do anything to stay in the closet. But the one thing I absolutely can't do is like, I cannot play a video game and not be like Storm or like Emerald yes. Princess like, Peach, like, right? It's like not fun to be like Luigi. I was like, it's no, there's it's no not. point of playing at that point. No, you want to be the. You, I always was like, but Princess Peach literally flies. Like she flies. Luigi <laughs> yeah. can jump, but Princess Peach can fly. Why would I choose otherwise? The worst was having just because they would always make it in the game that like the women were like not as strong as like the bigger guys, and you were yes. like do mental gymnastics to people being like, no. Actually, like she's she's actually quicker. She's more agile. And actually, that's how I like. That's for, for my style of play. That's what works best. Um, I tried so hard to be a gamer. It never really worked for me. I just yeah. bought a Switch in quarantine. Yes, I love my Switch. I, I what are you playing? What, what's good? What is a I Switch? I only play ga- Nintendo Switch. It's the I'm with next you, Brett. Up from a Wii. <laughs> yeah, Wii, oh, Wii, okay. Switch. Uh, I play a lot. Wii. I just threw away my Wii. I just threw away my Wii. Yeah, as you should. Oh. Well, I'm I'm a I'm a sort of a I'm I have the taste of a child in terms of video games. So I only like scrolling games for the most part. Anything scrolling. Mario, what does that mean? Scrolling games? left to like, right. Left Not, to right. Oh. I don't like RPGs. I a don't runner. like my boyfriend plays like, Zelda, and he'll do like he'll do RPGs, and I'm like. I'm not interested, you know. It takes yeah. a little bit of a brain, and I just went left to right. Anything for a child, truly. <laughs> True. I think that is mine too because I did buy Zelda. I was really people really did recommend Zelda to me, and I do like like Smash Brothers, so I got those. That's two. what I like. But Zelda is too like. I told everyone off the bat, I was like, I'm not interested in any game where you have to like wait your turn to hit someone. So exactly. I was, like, I was like, that's not how it works in real life. Like you just kick, if you're a, a strong woman, like you kick, um, you kick <laughs> also, immediately. Also, I got paper, paper, whatever it's called, like origami paper Mario or whatever. I, I don't know exactly <laughs> yeah. what it's called. And I was like, what the fuck is this game? You have to like wait and line up. And yes. I, I found out that it's like the style of Pokemon. Yes. Like, this is, who wants this? Don't you want to just like bash? What you get in line? Truly. Yes. You like line up. You have to line up in a line? game. <laughs> it is Fine. the most annoying game I've ever played. Outside. No. The no. only games I've ever been able to get into. I told this to a friend. I was like, I want. I, I want to be able to kill people so I can know what it's like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but only in Sniper. the game. Yeah. I love. I love shooting things. I love the zombie games. I love anything where I can like either beat or murder somebody. 
do you guys it's funny that we're talking about gaming because i too am not a gamer but like sometimes try to be but do you know about the game called um dream daddy on pc no so there's a dream for pc called dream daddy where you're a daughter who has to pick out um a dad for your dad to date you're, you you are in this game a daughter and your dad is a single gay dad and you have to help him what find a match that's bizarre <laughs> i've never played that but I was gonna say, I mean, <laughs> well incidentally pat you've gone on record as hating or you've said that two dots ruined your life oh my and, god and brent separately yeah. without even me mentioning that to him brent hates that game pat, two weeks ago on our podcast i specifically said i want to spend an entire segment talking about how much i hate <laughs> two dots and then elliot was like pat on some podcast said you also hate it what was your yes. what was your stance on it oh that's such a good i mean my relationship with two dots is something that's always changing and i'm always it's like <laughs> Ever changing. what i will say about my journey with two, two dots is like progress is not linear and right now i'm in what i uh consider a relapse where i've been playing two dots quite a bit but i've had multiple moments where i've deleted two dots from my phone and when you delete two dots from your phone you can't get back to where you were when you redownload it you have to exactly. play all the levels again yep um, but now that's I annoying. I'm, yeah. at, I'm, in, I'm at level 350, and I, I, I won't go into it again because literally our listeners had to listen to me talk about this for 20 minutes two oh. weeks ago. But I, I describe it as a game that's actually not a game. It's just it's designed to look like a game, but it's just it's bilking us of money. Someone, God, I'm sorry. I feel like I keep interrupting, but that is just no, the hazard no, of Zoom. But I do want no. someone to shout at me if it gets. Um, no, go ahead. You're the guest. You get first dibs unless I'm talking. No. <laughs> um, I'm, at, I'm on level, I believe, like 800-something in two dots. Oh, wow. And that's, that's after having deleted it twice. But this is the furthest I've ever been. Yeah. It's a game where once you play it a bit, you start your, it carves pathways in your brain where, like, you start seeing dots every... Like, you start wanting you jones for that. But, um... But there's a party happening near you. <laughs> I'm so humiliated. Um, I um, I was my same sex sexual partner answering a phone call. But um, <laughs> but um, oh, I don't know. But I just like you know when me, you when I'm so, I'm sorry, Brent. When you when you brought up the whole two dots thing, I have a very good friend who uh, one of our straight male listeners, all four of them, mm. um, and he's one of them. <laughs> and I didn't know this. I knew he worked in this field. He was one of the developers of what game? Dots. Wait, really? That's so funny because one of I'm my also, good friends is a developer of Dots. Yeah, it's viewed as like a really. It's viewed as like a graphically stunning game, a visually yeah. stunning game. Yeah. Wait, is Someone, it Dots or Two Dots? Or, well, I think that, Dots is owned by the same company that made Two Dots. I think it's I think, the same company. But I, I think it's one game. But I think like sometimes they say, I don't, I don't understand if it's Dots or Two yeah, Dots. Yeah, it doesn't that. really matter. It's yeah, just we were getting playing, playing, you know. <laughs> but someone, when I work, someone I work with, who by the way is so far along that she has to wait for new levels to come out. Wow. And she wow. explained dots or two dots as uh they marked it as like a calming app like a stress mm-hmm. relief and as soon as yeah. you said that i was like oh i don't want to play that anymore like i'm not looking for like calming the- brent brent has like lost his it, it, he's, he's it, a head no, almost exploded talking about it so fucking mad <laughs> That's i, what I my had to play said. it on the couch because i would bash it into my couch i play it when i watch tv now i can't stop uh, like watching that- t- i can't just sit with myself and even when i'm watching television that's yeah. why my friend reacted to your anger over. He was like, because it was originally started as a calming 
game. The intention yeah. was for it to be a calming activity. I wanted, I wanted to ask our listeners, if you know someone that works at Two Dots, give me their email because I want them to hear from me. Well, I'll that's just how, text that's you. how much gonna... I hate. That's how much I hate the game. Two Dots destroys families, and that's all. <laughs> <laughs> now, Pat, you are. Um, happily coupled for a long, for a while right yeah this is i honestly meant for the first I, i've never been in a relationship until uh, now but i am we moved in together in quarantine oh um, wow yeah, congrats thank you we got a very good deal like we were quarantined together kind of in his apartment and we we've been dating for i would for almost two for like a year and a half maybe in mm-hmm. december it'll be two years and um so we got a very good deal on an apartment in Bushwick and I've been doing a joke where someone did get, there's like this kind of like thing right outside of our apartment where it's like all these bottles of whiskey are all like there and people will like leave a bottle of whiskey, an empty bottle. And we didn't know what that was for a while. We did find out that it is a memorial for someone who was shot truly outside of our door last oh year. Oh my God. Oh wow. So, it's but romantic. It's, but it's a, yeah, it's a huge apartment. So I have been saying like in New York, like you, you ultimately have to choose between having a lot of space or not getting shot. And we chose uh, having a lot of space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You deal with all the, the sort of uh, blowback about the idea of the city uh, dying or, you know, I know there was that whole op-ed and then Jerry Seinfeld responded and was like, New York's alive. And it's like, you're so rich, but how do you how do you feel about it? I know it's like been a struggle for comics for sure. Yeah, well, you know it's so funny that I, I got a writing job, my first writing job in this. So like, I well, feel helpful. Very, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I it sucks that it's like on Zoom because you truly look at Zoom all day, all day. But um, but like that feels very good. And I mean, I'm over New York. I think in general, like I'm glad that this I think knocked New York down a few pegs because. So it was getting to a space where it's like, who do you think you are in New York? Like, no one can live here. The rents are insane. And um, and I just was like, I'm not enjoying New York so much anymore in general. And now this, I mean, it's nice now because it's cheap and it's like some people have left. But I do think yeah. I would like to move to L.A. or even somewhere just random. Yeah, yeah people like are, moving, are making random moves now. Yeah. Because you can. I, um, wait, I'm so sorry. My... Um, I've gotten a food order. I'm just going to ask my um, same-sex partner to go down and grab it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you got some, like a notification from Hello. two dots. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I can you speak on this. You can. I mean, what do you guys? What do you guys think he's ordering? <laughs> oh my god! Did you guys, did what you do you see my upper thigh? Yeah. Just then. Yeah. <laughs> did you see it? Yeah. Oh my god! I never meant that. I never meant that to happen. <laughs> Wait, no, Pat. So you and I share something besides um, frequently ordering food, uh, um, <laughs> and it's and it's kind of rare for a comedian, uh, like because I don't watch comedy. I'm not a big comedy person. Like I mm-hmm. watch dramas, true crime, murder stuff. Like I am all about the drama or the documentary. Same. I don't really watch comedy. Why don't you like? Why? Wh- why are you like me? I mean, I I'm with know. you too, so I'm curious what you think. You guys, yeah, I don't know why. I, you know, it takes a really specific comedy for me to like really enjoy it. I think, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just always like right now. I'm watching all of Vampire Diaries. Oh my uh, god, that's a bit of a comedy. Like, that's a bit <laughs> of a comedy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just need there to be like someone might die for me to like 
kind of tune in next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Speaking of which, you're also a real housewife person. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious what you think about uh, Dorinda's exit. What you're Yeah. I'm of many minds. I think that, um, I think it, it's good for everyone involved. Did you watch um, the reunion? Yes, I did. Well, the first episode, literally Ramona being like, I already have the COVID. I already <laughs> have the COVID. For like a minute straight. I want that to be my ringtone. <laughs> I, I, I already had the COVID. Do you think, I think Ramona Singer might be one of the worst people that's ever that's ever materialized on this planet. It's yeah, strange. it's getting hard. It's getting really hard to like watch. Wait, but yeah. what are your cities? What are your cities? All of them. Truly all of them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Salt Lake? I will are use you, Salt Lake. I am I so like, excited for Salt Lake. I, I mean, we'll have to see. Like, no, we'll try, have to you, see. You know it's going to be great. You just know it's going to be great. I do like all their like varying relationships with um, Mormonism. Seems interesting. Yeah, that's going to be I, the interesting part of it. Yeah, for sure. I've always found the Housewives franchise, particularly New York and Beverly Hills, is just essentially made up of like five different Valerie Cherishes, like the different <laughs> versions of Valerie Cherishes personality. That yes. is each housewife, and that's why I love it because they're also like you would never trust them with your children, but you want to see where she goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, I've always said that I feel like Aileen, uh, Eileen Davison was truly a real life Valerie Cherish. Like yeah. she, she really has that energy. She was, I was I, at Starbucks with her once. She smells really? amazing. She looks like she smells incredible. Yeah, very fresh. Well, Pat, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Where can everyone hear you, find you? Where do you want people to follow you? Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> I, um, I do a podcast that is currently on hiatus called Seek Treatment. Um, which is about boys, sex, fucking dating, and love. And I also, you can follow me on Twitter at, at P-O-Regan, R-E-G-A-N, or on Instagram, Pat Regs, P-A-T-R-E-E-G-S. Thanks, Pat. Thank you so much. Good to chat. Yeah, enjoy your dinner. Have fun. Yes, enjoy it. Good to see you. And another thing. So we actually, oddly enough, kind of touched upon uh, gaming, G-A-Y-M-I-M-G, the first and only time you'll hear me use that phrase on this podcast, uh, <laughs> earlier with Pat. Uh, but Netflix has a show that examines early video game history, and they did an episode recently on Gay Blade, which was a gay-centric role-playing game from the 90s, created by a guy named Ryan Best. And as described, so Elliot, <laughs> Elliot found an article about this in, on another website no one in the world has ever heard of, CBR.com. <laughs> so I'm quoting here from CBR.com, but it says, Gayblade, uh, this, this game from the 90s, takes players into a dungeon on a quest to rescue Empress Nelda from disgusting right-wing creatures, including preachers with bags of money, racists, homophobic cops, as well as scabs and some STIs. The game's ultimate boss is a spoof of Pat Buchanan, a former GOP mm. presidential candidate uh, and also a super anti-gay guy. Uh, Empress Nelda's rescue party is comprised of heroic queer characters, drag queens, and others uh, whose weapons include press-on nails, mace, purses, <laughs> and blow dryers. Character armor ranges from leather jackets to condoms. And so, the, anyway, the, sort of the, the point of the uh, of it's the like article, a wild and, ride. And therefore, yeah, <laughs> and therefore, uh, episode of, Nef of the, the Netflix show is that they thought the game was like lost to time, but like they kind of like 
put out like the word on the internet and they like a bunch of people who had played it over the years were able to kind of basically reassemble the game and you can play it online now. Um, but all of that is to say, what are your thoughts? Like, like, would you have, apparently it wasn't a profoundly popular game. No, like, it was very cult and underground. <laughs> very cult yeah. and underground. But like, would you play it? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't even find myself clicking on the link. I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want, I'm supposed to talk about this and I don't want to oh throw press on nails at someone. I don't care. No, I mean, it's but cool also, to it's look at. also it's the 90s. I mean, it's a, it's a different era. And I, needless to say, I think I would have found that a, a lot more inspiring, you know, 30 some years ago. You would have? You would have found it inspiring? Yeah, because it's 30 years ago. This is, this is, you know, it's 2020 now. I don't, I don't, you know, I feel like it would be outdated now, but for them, yeah. I'm sure it was like really important for a lot of people. But like, well, yeah, if you're living your in the, if you're living in sort of like, you know, post Bush America, early right. Clinton America, where he had just put in don't ask, don't tell. And right, you're kind right. of a sexual, you're still a sexual outsider, if you will. It would, yeah. it would be, it would be something different because you wouldn't get a lot of gay content yeah. in other areas you know did you I play it I, been, I tried to it was kind of confusing okay <laughs> but the graphics are pretty cool i mean they're they're cool in like a carmen san diego kind of way yeah uh-huh. <laughs> i like the drag queens portrayals in it i like yeah. i like i like the throwing of nails and stuff i couldn't get it either it was too like yeah, game, little, games for me i i i quit after two minutes well, playing, i don't understand it playing arcade games on on Macs or PCs are very difficult mm-hmm. because you're in the window, then you're out of the window, and you, it's kind of confusing. But all that being said, I would have been absolutely petrified if I'd have come across this game mm-hmm. um, when it was out. <laughs> well, no surprise there. You were often as a child scared by everything. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. I remembered – oh, my God. I just remembered this week I forgot – I. A thing I also forgot to tell you guys that I was afraid of was marshmallows. Oh no, I um, remember the marshmallows. We talked. Okay. About, we talked about the marshmallows that. before. Okay, but, got it. So in in my in my googling and all this shit for in my prep for the pod, I did find this like someone clearly like someone's like P like master's thesis was they created a website of like any reference. Any reference mm. in any video game that was like at, by any definition queer, and it was funny because I, I I don't know if I've established this on the podcast, but I only had original original Nintendo, and we had you know twenty twenty some games, but Mike Tyson's Punch Out was like one of my favorites, oh. and there was one boxer, his name was Don Flamenco. And he was a little effete, and I had forgotten that. <laughs> and he was, believe it or not, he's the easiest to knock down. Oh my god! <laughs> he's even easier than like the first guy, but he's like he's, he's lighting the loafers. Yeah, he's very like, and he kind of punches at an angle, sort of like wrist uh, wrist <laughs> cocked, so to speak. And it was, but it was funny to look through this list of like video games. I mean, obviously, most of the references went over my head, but. To look at this list of video games and see like all well, the these way Lu- the way Luigi, I mean Luigi for fuck's sake, the oh way yeah, Luigi, he literally flies in the air. I was going to say about this game though, even though it would have petrified me as a kid, looking back on it now, it's it's almost punk. The idea that it's so reactionary and mm-hmm. what I, you know, of of course, my favorite thing is that it's like um, hyper violent in its anger. You know, it's it's unrelenting anger toward the enemies. I mm-hmm. love that. And even well, though, yeah. I mean, think about the time that it was created. Yeah, like, absolutely. The world, the post sort of act up. I mean, act up was still having massive protests at government. We're here, we're stuff. queer, like, get used to it. It was very yeah. much that. I mean, and to have that sort of parlayed into, I mean, I'm sure there are comic books out there from that time that would be really interesting to read. Like that era of queer history is so, because it was, it was on the, the, I can't say the word, prep, 
precipice. Precipice. Thank you. Thank you. Precipice. Of, of, you know, Matthew Shepard and the whole, you know, marriage equality movement. Like all of that was coming down the road. But then it was just like AIDS was still it. I mean, it's a it's a a really fascinating time in history. Yeah, it's super fun. I had a time machine. I would go back to 1991. No, you wouldn't. And just live it up. You would be so... <laughs> Go to all the, the meat trucks where everyone's having sex no. in Chelsea. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you would do. You would go to a payphone in Chelsea and you would call <laughs> Elliot or I and being like, so I've been celibate for so long because I'm so terrified. I don't want to get anything. Yeah, that was it really a real thing. Is. It really w- is. God, I would have loved to see though. I would have loved to see uh, uh, <clears throat> Brent in... I've always wanted to like... I mean, always. It's like a dream for me, but it's like I would love to put Brent in the movie Cruising. Oh cruising, my God, yeah. And just see what that looks like. <laughs> Wait, what was the movie? I don't think I saw Cruising. What? It's the what? Al Pacino movie. Oh, where... it's the movie I tried to get you to watch, but you passed out, as did I. Oh. oh. The one where he gets fisted in a bar. Oh, right. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, Jesus, Jesus. What would your aunt say? Okay, Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? Do all of your listeners a favor. Delete two dots. (laughs) (laughs) My Aunt Joanne would say, you and your sister were adorable. Whatever gender you are, I don't care. (laughs) How about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, you know, when I had your your cousin, um, I had a bit of a gender disappointment. It was so small. I just didn't know. (laughs) I I, I hoped and wished it would grow. (laughs) Let's assume, let's assume, probably since birth, your cousin's. He's okay. Your cousin has grown. All right. I don't know. know. There's a funny story about him doing meth and giving head. I'll tell you guys that another day. All right. We'll save that for next week. For now, I'm Elliot Glazer. (laughs) I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott.